0: Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans? Welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be as well as take a look around the NHL. Today's episode is brought to you by the Crosscheck Podcast. Hosted by Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark, it goes deeper into NHL stories than any other podcast with the help of the smartest minds on ice. Follow the Crosscheck podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Speaking of the smartest minds on the ice, it was me who said yesterday the Bruins needed to get more pucks on net. The Bruins fired 48 shots on Craig Anderson last night. One in overtime, and that's all they needed as Brad Marchand wins it for the Bruins 39 seconds into the extra frame. We'll get into all that here in a moment, but before we do, quick reminder to hit that subscribe button. Each new episode will be automatically added to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. Uh, if you could also rate and review, that would be very much appreciated. If you are on Twitter, you can follow along at LO Boston Bruins. On Instagram at Locked On Bruins. After each game, I'll be posting a quick reaction video on both platforms. Uh, you can also follow me and my hockey tweets and dad jokes at Ian C. McLaren. That's it by way of introduction. Let's get into game two. Where, who, I don't know about you, but uh, late in the third period, I was not feeling too good about this team. They were trailing 3 2 and Seemingly heading back to Boston facing an O2 series hole, which we all know they've come back from in the past, but you never want to be in that position. And again, Brad Marchand, 39 seconds into overtime takes a beautiful pass from Matt Grizzlick and wires it home past Craig Anderson for the game-winning goal. It obviously could not have come at a better time in overtime, but Marshan specifically, he hadn't gotten off to a great start in the series, Uh, not very much of an impact in Game 1, penalty trouble early in Game 2, but he was able to stay out of the box for the final 25 plus minutes of the game, and helped the Bruins with this uh, overtime goal. Bergeron, after the game, said that's who he is, he competes at all times, his will, his want to be the difference is there every time, it's no surprise. To be honest with you, uh, Bruce Cassidy earlier in the day and after the game said that he doesn't worry about Marchand. Uh, he's going to be periodically pushing back in the middle of everything. He's got to defend himself. But ultimately, Bruce Cassidy has a lot of faith and trust and loyalty to Brad. There's way, way more good than bad. He said, I think he wanted to drag us into the fight and we needed it tonight because we didn't start on time. Cassidy added, "Marshand has matured enough now to not take himself out of the game. Maybe that would have been a game in the past where he would have let his emotions get the better of him, and he wouldn't have been an effective player, but he found his game and certainly was a big part of the win with the overtime winner. Taylor Hall has raved about Brad Marchand since arriving in Boston at the trade deadline just over a month ago. Uh, Obviously, he's a former Hart Trophy winner, but he marvels at Marchand's combination of drive and skill, and has drawn inspiration from being able to watch him up close every night. Uh, It was kind of hilarious after the game, uh, because if you see the replay, you see Marchand skated over to the bench, and he was caught by Taylor Hall, and Hall said, He doesn't weigh very much, and I've been lifting a lot lately, so he wasn't too concerned about having to catch him, uh, which was pretty hilarious. Hall, of course, was very instrumental in this one, scoring the game-tying goal with 2.49 to go in regulation. Hall jammed away at a loose puck in the crease, eventually whacked it past goalie Craig Anderson to tie things up. That's something that our group is so good about, Marshan said. We don't panic throughout games. So much character in the room. You can sense it all the way through the bench during the timeouts and in the room. There's a sense of calm when things aren't going our way. We have Tuka Rask back there to kind of bail us out in situations like that. Give us a minute to find our game. That's what happened at this time of year. It's about competing, and that's what we did tonight. For all the criticism that Tuka Rask took after Game 1, he was very instrumental in this one, making a bunch of saves early on. I believe the Bruins, to begin the third period, were outshot something like 9-0. He... uh, Stayed strong on a couple power plays and kept the Bruins in the game long enough for them to tie it and eventually get the game winner. I should mention, Marchand's goal was the fastest goal to start a postseason overtime in Bruins history, surpassing Bobby Orr's legendary Stanley Cup winner of Game 4 in the 1970 Stanley Cup Final, which was scored 40 seconds in. Of course, that was the diving goal Marchand added, it's a good feeling to go back home 1-1, obviously. And his marker was the 8th postseason game winner of his career, tied with Rick Middleton and David Krejci for third most in Bruins history behind Cam Neely, who has 11, and Bergeron and Phil Esposito are tied at 9. Marchand added, it was good to get the win. They're hard games, they're playing tough, they're playing physical, they're not giving up a ton, we wanted to win, doesn't matter how good it feels. The game's over, and we have to get ready for the next one with Game 3 set for Wednesday night back in Boston. Uh, Taylor Hall, again, after uh, he caught uh, Brad Marchand, he said that was awesome, just a lot of relief. Felt like I scored the goal myself there. You could see the smiles on everyone's faces that we had won the game. A huge game, and it's such a huge difference between being down 2 nothing and tied 1-1. Again, he doesn't weigh very much. I've been lifting a lot lately. I guess I was prepared for that is what he said. And uh, just hilarious. And great to see some, yeah, personality, the team having fun. And again, like I said earlier, the feeling I had with about three minutes left in regulation compared to uh, the feeling 39 seconds into overtime. It was kind of night and day. You never want to go back uh, or go down 2 nothing in a series, even though the Bruins have had success or have a track record, especially in 2011, of, of coming back. Uh, but uh, now they head to Boston. It's a best three out of five. They have home ice advantage. Uh, there are question marks about uh, Washington's goaltending. Uh, we'll see if there's any updates on uh, Vitek Vanacek or Ilya Samsonov. Uh, but for now, tied 1-1. And we'll get a bit deeper into some of the numbers from this game here in a moment. But before we do, let's talk about Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family-owned business, and they've been serving auto parts customers online for about 20 years. If you go to rockauto.com, you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks, delivered directly to your door. Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Their prices are always reliably low, and the same for pros as well as do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and write Locked On in there. How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, of course, I should mention that it wasn't just Hall and Marchand who got on the board for the Bruins. Jake DeBrusque opened the scoring for Boston at the 5.05 mark of the first period, his second goal in as many games. Great to see him getting back to the Jake DeBrusque that we know and love. Uh, he had been bumped up to the third line to play with Charlie Coyle and uh, Nick Ritchie, with Sean Corrales being put back on the fourth line to play with Curtis Lazar and Chris Wagner. Uh, that line did not look great. Um, I might suggest some adjustments for uh, Game 3, but I know Bruce Cassidy always reluctant to or seemingly reluctant at least, to make changes to the lineup after a win. Uh, uh, Frederick, Lazar, Kuhlman, fourth line might be a bit more effective here, but um, that's a decision for the coaching staff. That would be my recommendation at least. Uh, Patrice Bergeron scored his first of the postseason from David Pasternak later in the first period, but of course the Bruins allowed uh, Washington to tie things up both times, and then take the lead early in the third period before uh, Taylor Hall was able to get that equalizer. The Bruins went 0-2 for 2 on the power play. Washington went 1-4. for 4. Way too many opportunities for this lethal power play. Cannot continue to uh, get mixed up penalty-wise. The Bruins were led in shots on goal by Taylor Hall. He had 7. Uh, Bergeron had 6. DeBrusque, Marchand... Uh, had five, as did Charlie McAvoy. The leader in points was Matt Grizzlick, who had that beautiful assist on the uh, Marchand goal. He also drew a secondary assist on Taylor Hall's game-tying goal. When it comes to fancy stats, the Bruins basically had the advantage all night long. It didn't necessarily seem like it for some reason, but... Uh, At the end of the day, at 5-on-5, the Bruins had a 58.8 Corsi advantage, so uh, 70 shot attempts compared to 49 for the Washington Capitals. That's 5-on-5. When it comes to shots, 5-on-5, 36-28 advantage for Boston. High danger chances, 17-7. And uh, expected goals, 3.79 compared to 1.59 for the Capitals. Kick that up to all situations. The Bruins had 89 attempts compared to 63 for the Capitals. Uh, 48 shots to 39. High danger chances, 21-14. And expected goals, 4.56 compared to 3. So yeah, again, all credit to Craig Anderson for standing tall, coming in for the um, Capitals, making his first playoff start since 2017. Looked a bit shaky to begin things, but he really settled in. After allowing two goals on uh, the first five shots, he stopped, you know, upwards of 40 um, until Hall was able to find the back of the net and then getting in there with Brad Marchand. I mentioned Boston's strong possession numbers, but that fourth line of Lazar, Corrali, and Wagner, uh, they. Recorded only three shot attempts four allowed eight by the Capitals for a 27.27% Corsi rating. Uh, So not really great there. When it comes to uh, Boston's defense, all their defensemen had uh, positive shot attempt differentials while on the ice at 5-on-5. A bit surprising. I thought Miller might have been down there a bit, but... He was at fifty-three point three three eight shot attempts, 4 while he was on the ice, 7 against. The leader was David Pasternak, 25 shots, 4 while he's on the ice, 10 against for a 70.59 Corsi percentage. So, yeah, it looked as though, to be honest, the Capitals were dictating the play again, bringing that physicality. The thing about hits in the playoffs, or in any game really, is that the team that is doing the hitting doesn't have the puck. If you're hitting, it's because you're chasing the player with the puck. So the fact that the Capitals lead in hits, I'm not too concerned about that. It means the Bruins have the puck more regularly than they do. And again, I think all of us were kind of in the same boat, just yelling, shoot, 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 to the uh, <laughs> Bruins, wanting them to get pucks on Craig Anderson. I can recall... A couple, uh, again, kind of the same thing as in Game 1. Uh, Brad, No, sorry, David Krejci, and who was it? Uh, he was on a two-on-one, I believe, with David Pasternak, and he elected to pass rather than shoot when he had a shooting lane. Uh, Charlie McAvoy had a great chance to put a shot on net right in the slot, but he elected to pass. Like Those things were just very confounding, but ultimately... Uh, again, the Bruins did get quite a few shots on Craig Anderson, and as great of a story as it is for him to come in there and stand tall, uh, ultimately it would have been very disappointing if the Bruins had not won at least one of those games against Washington's you know, third-string goalie. A couple other injury notes for this one. Washington center Lars Eller left the game at the 10:34 mark of the second period with a lower body injury. Uh, that would be a big loss for the Capitals, uh, who are already struggling with center depth with Evgeny Kuznetsev on the sidelines. Uh, he's... Played very well. Eller has in a defensive role and can contribute offensively, so that would be big. Uh, Phoenix Copley backed up Anderson. Ilya Samsonov participated in an optional practice after being removed from the COVID-19 list on Saturday, but head coach Peter Laviolette said the Capitals goalie will probably need some practice time before he's ready to at least dress as the backup couple other interesting notes here. Each of the past 11 Bruins Capitals playoff games has been decided by one goal. It's the longest such run in NHL history. That includes this series as well as a round-robin game last postseason and all seven games of the 2012 Eastern Conference quarterfinals and Game 7 of the 1998 Eastern Conference quarterfinals. Uh, So that goes back quite a while now, and we can probably expect that, uh, you know, that's going to continue. These games are going to feel pretty tight, uh, and we could expect, hopefully not overtime every night, but, you know, at least some close games here down the stretch. I believe those were the major takeaways from Game 2. The Bruins' power play certainly needs to get going here. They are rolling only at at 16.7% success rate that's through two games capitals at 20 percent uh, they also have the advantage when it comes to the penalty kill 83.3 percent compared to 80 percent for the Bruins obviously uh, you know you just uh, subtract the difference from 100 on the power play and the penalty kill that's where we are uh, in terms of shots Bruins averaging 38. Sorry, 37, but they're allowing 35.5. That's well up from their regular season average as well. So they need to do a bit better at suppressing Washington's uh, shot rate. Um, But, you know, obviously it's a very small sample size at the moment. Game three is set for Wednesday night in Boston, 6.30 p.m. Eastern. So a bit earlier start there. And the same start time on Friday evening, 6.30 p.m. Eastern, back in Boston before they head back to Washington for Game 5. We will, of course, preview tomorrow night's game uh, on tomorrow's podcast, as well as update any potential lineup changes. Uh, But for right now, the Bruins not scheduled to practice here on Tuesday, and Bruce Cassidy will uh, address the media later this morning. But not expecting any major changes to the lineup after the win unless there are some injury issues that we are not aware of. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including NHL, NBA, Major League Baseball. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams continue their run for the Stanley Cup. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts, use that promo code LOCKEDON to get 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you sign up for your free account today. So what are the takeaways for the Boston Bruins after these couple games? Well, I think once they get home, they'll be able to you know, do a bit better in terms of matching up against the Capitals. I really think Peter Laviolette uh, made a smart move by putting the Oshie, uh, Wilson, Sprong, sometimes Dowd line uh, matched up against the Bruins' third line. Uh, That has really been effective, and then putting a more defensive matchup on the uh, second line of Hall, Krejci, and Smith. Uh, So kind of not going pound-for-pound scoring-wise, but trying to match things up uh, defensively. That really worked to Washington's advantage in the first couple games, but now that Boston's at home, they'll have the last uh, change and be able to uh, get out who they want against who they want in these games. Still, I don't think the Bruins have played their best hockey by any stretch. They do have the advantage when it comes to shot attempts, five on five 122 to 104 over the capitals uh the capitals uh have been better at you know getting pucks on net getting those uh deflections we saw a couple more deflections in game two and uh the Bruins I think no matter who's in net for the capitals just need to have that shoot first mentality and again I look to that McAvoy. Uh, opportunity in the slot has a look at Craig Anderson and he elected to pass it uh, over to the wall. Instead of taking that shot, didn't really make much sense to me. And I'm sure that's something Bruce Cassidy will uh, reinforce with his team in advance of game three. Even if Anderson's not going, you know, whoever's coming in net will have had a few days off. So a bit, bit of rest, perhaps just pepper them with shots and, Uh, yeah, just do what this team can do, which is cycle the puck effectively. Uh, Get the puck to the point. Fire the shot toward the net. Get in front. Try to get some rebounds, deflections. Whatever you can to get an advantage over this team will be necessary. And, um, you know, for the Bruins to go back to Boston with the series tied at one, three home games if necessary, uh, I really think that... They're in a pretty good spot at the moment, and especially with them, in my mind at least, not having played anywhere near their best hockey quite yet. Uh, It's encouraging for the Bruins. Taylor Hall said he personally has another level to hit, which is great news. Uh, The top line has another level to hit, in my estimation. Pasternak yet to score. Uh, It's great to see Jake DeBrusque getting involved. Ideally, Boston will go back to Washington with a 3-1 series lead, but let's not get too far ahead of ourselves here. In other NHL news, uh, the Carolina Hurricanes defeated the Nashville Predators 5-2 in the first game of their series. And the Colorado Avalanche, who I had picked earlier this season to win the Stanley Cup, they beat the St. Louis Blues 4-1 to take a 1-0 series lead uh, in that one. Uh, The North Division still another day away from starting as Calgary and Vancouver wrap up their um, regular season games that were stalled due to COVID. Uh, So kind of ridiculous, but uh, looking forward to seeing those games get started as well. Uh, In disciplinary news, Sam Bennett suspended one game for a hit on Blake Coleman in the first game of the Battle of Florida. Uh, a lot of questionable hits in that one not sure why Bennett specifically was pulled out but that will be a big loss for the Panthers he has been great since coming over from the Calgary Flames and uh be hard for the Panthers to tie this series up without one of their top offensive options if you're looking for a game to watch tonight that is probably the one the first game was Unreal and they will be back in action tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern. The other East Division playoff series on again tonight as well. Islanders Penguins at 7 30 p.m. Eastern. And then the Wild and the Golden Knights at 10 p.m. Just fantastic uh hockey across the board so far uh, during the playoffs and uh, really great to watch, especially with some crowds in the stands. Speaking of crowds. In Boston, you probably heard that as of May 29th, uh, there will be, you know, greatly increased capacity at TD Garden. Uh, The Bruins' first round series scheduled to end on the 27th, so... If they are to advance to the second round, uh, there will be a ton of you that will be able to be in the arena, which would be really cool to see as it stands. There will be some fans for Game 3, but it looks like they could be near capacity by the 29th, uh, which would be pretty amazing. Anyways, that's it for today's episode of Locked on Boston Bruins. Again, Brad Marchand played the hero. I, for one, was very pumped after they scored. Uh, My wife was sitting on the porch talking to a friend. We have a window overlooking the porch. I ran over, kind of banged on the glass, gave them a bit of a fright, but also, uh, you know, just wanted to let them know that uh, the Bruins had won. And, again, key for Boston, Pucks on net. I can't stress that enough. And, you know, they did get the 48 shots on Anderson. Full credit to Craig Anderson. I should add, I am an Anderson fan, Uh, because A, he played for the Guelph Storm, Uh, Ottawa Senators, having grown up in Ottawa, they're kind of my B team, but also because his wife Nicole, who uh, had cancer a few years ago, when I shared that my wife had uh, breast cancer a few years ago as well, Nicole Anderson reached out uh, via Twitter and sent some very encouraging messages and was always cool about uh, seeing how she was doing, seeing how we're doing, and so I kind of have a, a very soft spot in my heart for the Anderson family. Uh, and, you know, it's a great story that Craig was able to come in and play so well. Uh, we'll see if he's back in there for Game 3 or if they turn to Samsonov or Vanechek's back. back. Uh, but still, great story to start the postseason. I will admit it was cool to see him get the win in Game 1 and to play so well in Game 2. But ultimately, I'm most happy that the Bruins got the win and are going back tied at 1-1. Thanks so much for taking some time to listen today, friends. Please do subscribe if you haven't already. Follow at lo Boston Bruins for game analysis and reaction and the latest on the lineup. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you tomorrow to preview game three. Have a great Tuesday. Take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Peace.